Ladies and gentlemen, this show was to be abandoned, but we brought it back, so it's not really an abandoned project. So this is Fab Four Free For All, and we hope you enjoy it. What the hell are you talking about? We're going to go into a show about abandoned projects. Oh, okay. Now I understand. And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All, the weekly all talk Beatles and Beatles related show on the internet. Some silliness. A podcast. Some silliness. Lots of silliness, actually. Yes. And mo- attempting to moderate the silliness. Oh, don't. See end of episode. Um, <laughs> I'm your moderator, Tony Chiguardo, and I am being joined today, thankfully, by the folks that always join me for this silliness. My good friends, Mr. Axel Rod Mitchell. <laughs> and Robert Anthony Leonard. Wow. Oh, you should have said Leonard Robert. The first, the third, the first. Junior. The, oh, Junior. Really? I like that. You know, cool. if you had a farm. We didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Are we going to be punch wow. drunk like this? Wow. We haven't even drank. We yeah, should do a sh- It's just going to be an episode you know of what we should do? <laughs> we should do a show drunk. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> oh. And maybe smoke a little. And just no. actually really and smoke it instead of just nice. pretending. Instead of just pretend. Actually, we could have a bunch of drinks and do something on one of these abandoned projects, the one that you're going to talk about. Anyway. Can we keep going? <laughs> we can keep going. And I've just given you a clue about what the topic is. We always think about the Beatles as a group and as solo artists as sort of being in control. They could get to do whatever they wanted to do. They are autonomous. They are so powerful in the music industry. These guys can do anything, and boy, when they set their minds to it, damn it, they do it and they get it accomplished. Well, that is just so darn not true. Uh, well, the reality well, see is. See Magical Mystery Tour. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, that well they got, got it done. done. Yes, yeah. that got done, but maybe it shouldn't have. Right, exactly. They, well, that will be another show entirely. Yeah, things they did that they uh, shouldn't right, have. They, they, right. right. Things that should have been abandoned. But <laughs> no, I mean, all serious. We're, no, no, what we're going to look at today, and it's a sort of a, a general topic, and we're going to actually hit a few that down the there's road. There's a lot. There's several yeah. parts this, this show could Oh, yeah, to. yeah. So and, and a few of these things that we're going to discuss, we're going to expand probably into full episodes at another point yeah, some of them, down definitely. the road. But this is a look at some of the Beatles and solo Beatles abandoned projects. Right. These are things that... I guess you could subtitle, seemed like a good idea at the time. Well, some well, of them actually really. were, and they yeah. never went through with them. And never went through with them. And, and you could argue that some of them were would have been, you know, we sit here and speculate about, and it could have been incredible. Yeah. And some of them, basically, it was the force of destiny that maybe stopped those things from occurring. And you'll get that. When then we'll get, get to that, that later, yeah. too. Well, what do you and mean? A, a lot of the, it's well, funny because... There's, there's oh. reasons why cold cuts... Uh, no, 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 not, 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 not cold cuts. We're talking uh, about the Wings tour. The tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but and, and as you alluded to, we'll get to each one of these, but some should have been abandoned. Some should have come to fruition. Definitely. And let's sort of maybe look at this in a way chronologically. We'll, we'll jump around a little bit, but I want to start at some of the early situations and the very first one is one that we know very commonly now in Be- in, the, in the Beatle world and it's sort of partly been rectified by a release that happened in 1977 and I'm talking about that live at the Hollywood Bowl album that could have potentially happened in 1964. Oh, but I don't think of that as abandoned because it was actually done later. It was done later, but... but it would have been different if it came out in 64. You, you, would have, you wouldn't have the 65 show, which really helps... I think the album in, in general, and this is something that Apple, and we I mean it's the Beatles that are controlling Apple, don't want released. They, they've said it over and over again. You know, Paul said, well, we didn't sound good. 
you know, we were playing too fast. I think Holly Wolf is a fantastic album. I think it's, besides capturing a moment in time of history, the, the Beatles, considering they can barely hear themselves, sounded fantastic. They did. They yeah, sounded great. And, and there was a couple of songs that didn't sound good. If I Fell on the 64 Hollywood Bowl is horrible. They get lost in the lyrics. Yeah, and, and, yeah. But a lot yeah. of that, both those albums or both those recordings, well, it's actually three recordings, are pretty damn good. Well, you know what? I think if it would have been released in 64, it was twofold. I think what you would have had is an opportunity for people who couldn't get tickets to the Beatles right. to hear what it was It was actually a short tour, if you think about it. It was a short yeah. tour, but um, I think there were so many cities that didn't get them sure. yeah. that I think if they would have released it maybe for Christmas, oh, it would have been, it a, would have been a, a, a blowout. I mean, it would have went, you know, incredible, number one, easy. Right, um, right. It's only in hindsight that you know the Beatles said we didn't sound good, we were too fast. But then the Beatles were doing that every night, so they couldn't have cared. I think maybe just the fact that sonically, in terms of production, maybe they that was more a concern back then. But obviously, they were thinking about it because they made I think acetates for it. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, and I think Spicer might have them. Now I know he's talked about right, them. Right. Right. And I think that maybe it was a lost opportunity, not only for sales because they would have made gobs of money anyway. They did make gobs. They of money. did. No, they did, and they made gobs of money in '77 because it went to I think number two here yes. in, in America, yeah. and but it was released all over the world. Yes, it yes. was. Um, but I yeah. think that it, it would have been an, a great representation at that time of the Beatles at that time, a, a time capsule. Yes. yes. But it would have been only months prior that it was, so it would have been a great catalog. Album. And, and at that time, like you remember, remember, like Kiss Alive and then Cheap Trick, two basically Cheap Trick at Budokan. There were a lot of live albums. Frampton Comes Alive, there, and seventy seven. In seventy seven, yes. And back in the sixty three, sixty four. Really no, there was a lot of the, the, the Kingston Supremes, Trio, the Kingston Trio, the Beach Boys. There was a lot of groups that were putting out live souvenir sh- of the show. Oh, and that would have been the Beach Boys. The, the Beach Boys there too. Beach Boys on Capitol, no yeah, less. Capital. Yeah, Capital. So you would have had if it was the sixty four show. Great sales. You're right. People who didn't see the show would have gobbed it up. I mean, that's it. their opportunity. This is the first time they can actually hear them live. And people right. who went were still going to buy it because right. now I have a reminder of what I didn't hear then. It would have been interesting if they had put it out in '64. Would Capital have recorded '65 shows? Because Maybe not. I would say so. Because if it had come out in '64 and but, it was a success, but then they, next Christmas they would they done do it again. Though that's the thing. Oh, I, sure they would have because by '65 they were still holding on to. If you remember. They didn't do it much, but in '65 they did put out the Four by the Beatles EP. That's true. So the rea- and the Stones had a live EP of the Got Live If You Want It stuff, right? You know, over in the UK. So maybe they would have recorded the '65 shows, taken the songs that were different from '64, and put them out as an EP or something. Maybe, maybe as you an know. EP that would have been. Even though the Capitol really didn't do EPs, right? You know, they only did a few, right? Um, but they it, still charted the Beatles ones. Yeah, right. yeah. And Parlophone might have done one even. Yeah, and uh, the, you know. the Beatles said no. George Martin was totally George Martin. It. I was going to add that George Martin was extremely unhappy with the live performance. It, it, according to him, it was absolutely not up to snuff. You could not get. It sounded like a jet engine. Uh, yeah, said, I, but I don't. Which, uh, I, I don't think people cared at that time. Nobody cared in 1977 when they were thinking. Of, you know, maybe it was. Maybe they could sonically make it yes. better, and I'm sure they did. Yeah. But it was a time capsule piece. I think they could have put it out, and it would have been, a, like you said, a perfect souvenir of what you saw or couldn't see. 
it is interesting that George Martin, you know, was very much against it. He wasn't. Um, he, remember, he wanted to record the Beatles at the Cavern. Yes. And, and um, yep. George Martin wasn't a live recording type of guy. No, he, no. He's very he good in the studio. He, he liked the environment. He liked the controlled environment, yeah. and I think yeah. that was part of it. I, he was okay with live in the studio. Yeah. He wanted to, but not not in a in an environment yeah. where he couldn't I, I, have an engineer place the the microphone. I, I honestly think now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that they were going to record the Carnegie Hall show, but Union said no. Yes. So yeah, can you imagine that? Yes. Musicians, right? Said no. So right. hear me out. If you record that show and that does get recorded, now it's not a jet engine. No. It's a polite. Yep. Yeah. But does that represent what the Beatles were at the time? Well, no. don't get me no. I, Maybe no. playing wise, why, not energy wise. Why would it have been a reserved audience? It just would have been a they better recording. They screamed. No reason why it would have been a better audience. It's, Carnegie Hall was Carne- still was still the kids. But it's not as big, so you don't get that. It's not fifth, as big. You don't That's get the point. Ten, fifteen thousand well, right. jet engine. You get you get a small, but it's exactly. not really representative and, of the energy of what the Beatles were about. Audience wise, and it was also a room that could have handled recording far Correct. better than Correct. Holly so maybe that would. Then again, it, yeah, I don't want to analyze it like crazy because it didn't happen. But if the album's called The Beatles at Carnegie Hall, you don't expect, you know, screaming. You Carnegie Hall had a different perception at the time. It wouldn't have been called The Beatles Live at Carnegie Hall. Yes, it would have been would've. called The Beatles Live. It would have been called The Beatles Live. No, I don't think I, think, so. I think part of the agreement they tried to get was you had to mention Carnegie Hall in the in the title. In the title. So if I you suppose. did, maybe it's a okay. different perception of the Beatles. You know, oh yeah, so but the Beatles are Carnegie Hall. I don't think it would have been practice, that way. Practice, practice, practice. Well, well I, one thing yeah, about been, no, I don't the, think. Maybe. The, the three shows Capitol did record. It's the only professionally recorded shows that were recorded by either EMI or Capitol. You know, radio th- stations did. Radio, radio stations, stations but did. that was different. Yeah, and but they came out actually better than the recordings in of... In some instances, they did. Yeah. yeah. Sure. In some, uh, the Indiana, the, the Philly... Indiana, the... Thank the you. Philly show? Uh, you're, you're welcome. And uh, the, but, the Indiana, but the you know what I wish Philly, the... the uh, Sam Houston Coliseum. Sam Houston Coliseum. Yeah, Vancouver. That was 65, though. Yeah, Six, right, right. But well, those, but still... Vancouver was 64. But right. um, right. it would have been interesting to... The Washington D.C. concert, they filmed it. It would have been nice if they'd actually ran a four-track. Or a, it, it was three mm. tracks that Capital did. Capital. Thank watch. goodness they didn't know because the mics weren't really working well. Yeah, but at least they could have had a better mix. That that mix is so it lopsided. Is, yeah. but, no, it right, is. but it's still exciting as hell oh, to watch. Oh, it's a great. But great, I mean, the, the point being that that uh, again, with with regards to this abandoned project, it was partly satisfied by the 77 release of Partly. the combined 64 and 65 shows. But they took out the talking. They took out the talking. They, and they, they took out the so-called embarrassing talking when they say, oh, well, here's Ringo. That's all they have on the record. But they gave this long speech before that about you know how they don't let Ringo sing and but stuff. But that stuff is what makes the personality of the album. And right? that's, For me, and that's, on the bootleg. Right, and that's yeah. part of the problem, too, is that one of the reasons why the album was unsatisfactory was because there are warts. The Beatles do make mistakes yeah. in if and if I fell, and the truth is, you go back now and you find those within the, you know the bootleg industry, and you have some really wonderful and enjoyable listening because it is warts and all. Yeah. But damn, considering they they can't hear themselves, it's they're freaking good. good performances, yeah. and they're really they're on. Well, and maybe they're, maybe that's what we're going to get know, the Ron Howard soundtrack. Right. Yeah, we'll but see. It, yeah. But it'd be nice, you know. Also, the other one you'd wish that they multi-tracked it would be yes, the Shea yeah, Stadium of course. show. Of course, you know, but that also is a bleh. but pursue the the live recordings of those yeah. when you can the sixty four and, and sixty five it's yeah, worth it. When Capital didn't get, by the way, just one more thing. When Capital didn't get 
the the approval to put out the Hollywood Bowl thing, they went to the Beatles story next. Yeah, can you <laughs> believe like, it? That was like, that. which coincidentally you actually get a little live, a little bit of the twist and shout from, right, Hollywood, from Bowl. Hollywood Bowl '64. So, so, so that's kind of cool, and it's of, not the one that's on right. That was released '77. Yeah. So they sort of got a little bit in there at least. You know. So okay. I give them a little credit for sneaking in. Yeah. So '64, we have a missed opportunity for a Beatles live album. '66, a little bit of a different situation. And it's something that has been, as of this recording in, in June of 2015, it's something that was recently in the news. Talking about the idea of the Beatles, who had previously recorded only in Germany, obviously, for Burt Camford. And then, aside from a couple of stops at a studio in uh, at Path Marconi Studios in France, when they did uh, Can't Buy Me Love, and a couple of little odds and ends things here and there, the sneaky recordings to sweeten the Shea Stadium show was at Abbey Road Studios in London. That was the spot the Beatles recorded. George Martin producing. By the way, wasn't Can't Buy Me Love done in Olympic Studios? Olympic Studios in, in Paris? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I well, thought it was. It, no, it was Might Pathé. Have. I thought it was Pathé also. But, but well, That's very Pathé. Olympic was used uh, at least uh, maybe a Richmond. So. Okay, sorry. Okay, so yeah, but that was later. But, yes, um, later. but actually, I'll turn it over to you, Mitch. But this is the idea. There's a letter from George Harrison that's talking about it. And it's it's a letter which was just discovered, right. or supposedly just discovered. It was a, a letter from George to Atlanta DJ Paul Drew in May of 1966, a month into the Revolver Sessions, when he says at the very end of the letter, as a matter of fact, he says, we were actually going to come to Stax and record in Memphis, but whenever you say the word Beatles to anybody, you know, the dollar signs pop up, paraphrasing. Right. The dollar signs pop up and it gets a little difficult. But the letter was very telling because, and first of all, he said we nearly recorded, you know, with Jim Stewart, but the money ideas. The funny thing is, Epi did go to Memphis in March of 66, but evidently because of a lack of security and it would have been difficult to go there and do whatever they did to record now the revolver. Now, again, towing the official line was that it was about security. Right, but that's, it could have been money. It, could, it was money. But the funny thing about George's letter, he talks about Mrs. Miller's lyrics and how John and Paul couldn't have topped anything on, on that latest album, which... I don't know if it was a fun dig or a dig dig, but it, it was it was I'm still sure it was funny. A fun dig. Yeah, but I'm sure it, it was kind of funny. But you know, we talk about this whole thing about maybe recording in stacks, and I, I know Tony and I talked about it a little bit off mic mm-hmm. about how Revolver, I don't think would have been as good an album. No, no, because you're talking about a different producer, a one-off producer. Well, we assume that George Martin would have not would gone not have gone to, right, but he could have because right. technically by 1965 he was a, he was independent. He was independent, so he could yes. have gone with him. Jeff Emmerich could not have gone right. Over no, to not his, as an engineer. No, so yeah. that would be, I think, a problem because I think Jeff helped a lot with that album. Now I, I know you know Stax was uh, and Memphis. And, it was in um, an old movie theater. Yeah, but I know Capital it was... Capital theater, by the way. It was good for... Uh, <laughs> it was, really. Everybody really always thought yeah. of the Memphis sound as, you know, very horns. Right. And, and yes, got to get through to my life had horns, but not a lot of the other part of the album did. And would Revolver have been the same album? Because you're talking about Tomorrow Never Knows. That's not a Stax. No. Even Eleanor Rigby, is it now, instead of strings, is it now horns? Well, it's different. Well, I, I think it would have been a totally different album, and in well, hindsight, maybe not a good one. Well, Otis, As good. Otis Redding's songs 
you know, some of the soul tunes had light use of strings. It wasn't that they were light completely use of strings, averse but to strings. No, but, you know. but, it but is Tomorrow Never Knows on the album? It depends. No. no. But it also depends no. on who the producer is. If they're using a Stax producer, then do the Beatles say, okay, we have to impress this guy. Do we do more of a soulful thing? Do we go back to our uh, our sound of 1964, you know, Hard Day's Night, which I thought was a very soulful album? Sure. Uh, you know, do we sure. stay away from where we're going to, which is going to be Revolver? Yeah, do they progress? Yeah, do they progress? with? And working with George Martin continuously, they've already done the legwork of the, the basic stuff, and they're moving up saying, hey, George, you know, we did this last time. Can we do this this time? Well, and I think that's very important. Would Does- another producer have allowed them to bring in the one chord, Tomorrow Never Knows, and embrace it like George Martin did. Yeah. Or does he try to make it into a typical Stax recording? Does they say, does he say, okay, we need a guitar part in here? Right. You know, not a backwards guitar. We need a guitar part. Okay, George, you going to give me something? And then George sits there and says, well, I have to, you know, let me come back tomorrow. But jo- well, and well then, no, and then Paul does it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Paul right. does it. And then, or they say, oh, he, oh here's Steve Cropper. He let him there, play. You I know? swear to God. God, that's exactly where and, I'm just going to go with this. Would that the Beatles even allow that? What? Ha- well, no. But, they, but think voice. about it, though. But they might. They might you have just said, said it. They might nice. have said, "Well, well you guys want to get out of here, don't you? Let Steve do it." It's do not it. get out of here. It's also meaning why would they? Why do they want to go to Stacks to begin with? Because they loved American records, right? And I don't think that changed after they got famous. I think the Beatles were still in awe. Look, they're the friggin' Beatles, but at the same time. They're still in awe of Steve Cropper, Donald Duck Dunn. I mean, they're still. Well, they, they kept. They would ask, "Why is the bass right so much deeper on the American records?" Now, maybe the truth being that Paul would have said, "You know, no, there's no way Donald Duck Dunn is coming in." But would Paul or John have maybe kind of been like, "Hey, we got Steve Cropper right. handy." Yeah, but, that, Steve you Cropper know, is a that, name, a big name. Yeah, and Steve Cropper is a badass guitar player. Yeah. But does he have that Beatles sound? But why go to Stax at all if That's you were trying question. to get the Beatles you know, you know, Were they thinking about it, but then realizing, well, why are we going here? You know, is it because other bands have recorded? You know, the Animals recorded in the States, the Stones recorded in the States. Uh, is it because these guys did and we didn't? And oh, we're looking for that deeper bass sound that Paul was always looking for? What you know? it comes down to for me is is what records were they listening to at this point? They were listening to everything. You know, no, I, I know, but that's where I'm going. Like, in other words... For me, the decision of what this record could have conceivably sounded like and why go to Stax at all, well, think, I think, was about what they were listening to. Think about to. 12 Bar Original. Very much a wow. Booker T and the MG song. Matter of wow. fact, I, Point I believe, I believe they uh, might have stolen the actual chords and notes. From, <laughs> from Green Onion? Uh, well, it, it's Green, green Onion. It wasn't yeah. Green Onion. Someone pointed out it's another song. But it, but it it's, does sound like It's onion. very close to a, a Stax a, type a of Booker song. A Booker T and the MG yeah. so does that? So does that now... And not was, stay unreleased and becomes the closer instead of Tomorrow Never Knows? Or do they go and say, well, listen to us no. doing uh, trying to do Stacks. Book and T? Uh, or do they say that and then the guys at Stacks crack up laughing and say, why don't you stick with what you guys really do yeah, better? Or if they go say... I, I know, not or, that, but I mean, I the honesty or, factor or they, of, you know or what, they guys? Say, you're, you're the Beatles. Or they Just say, be the Beatles. Or they say, you know what? Put our names on that co-writing credit, too. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing about those cats. Like, Steve, those guys gave away a lot of songwriting credits. Well, a yeah, because they came the up years. with the guitar solos, and they never, and never got credit, right. You know? Steve Cropper got songwriting. And he very, did, yeah. A very interesting... Dock of the Bay. What yeah, could of the Bay, possibly yeah. have been, but I think 
in conclusion, it might be the fact that Revolver is not the same album. No, no, uh, definitely not. Been. Would they definitely even? Not. Would they even maybe brought different songs, or maybe they don't? The thing about Revolver, "Got to Get You in My Life" was redone, "And Your Bird Can Sing" was redone, "Taxman" was redone, or and remixed. Revolver had a different sound maybe in the beginning, and then they got to the studio and said, "Hey, this is changing." Sure, so, and as and, we've talked about, and and we talked about, and the tomorrow never knows the original version of that. It's not just tomorrow never knows, but also too take away the fact that the Beatles are now in the United States, and I don't say this to be funny, even though I always make humorous references. They don't have their drug connections anymore, really. Not that they couldn't have found some in the yeah. States, but Stax and that thing, they, were, they weren't heavy on the acid. That wasn't an acid scene. Well, it was also so, the, you know, the way they did them in Motown. It was They had backing bands, and yeah, you know, yeah. Motown was like a, you know, a, a, factory. Ford, a Ford factory, basically, yeah, yeah. except for music. So there wouldn't have been the drug influence, too, yeah. that there is on Revolver, it which depends. is heavy to, you know, it's very important. a, well, a heavy a, addition to the creative process. A of creative process, yes. Absolutely. So... Sorry, right, that's something that wouldn't have happened, or had it happened, things would have been radically different. So it's probably better I, if if, if they had done it in '65 or '64 or thought about it then. Bingo. I think it might. It have works worked. because they weren't right. as progressive. They were still progressing each album, right? But they just didn't have that many albums back then. So maybe if they would have come here in '63 or four. Right in the beginning of 64, but obviously they couldn't. Right. But if they would have, maybe it wouldn't have affected their music as much, or maybe it would have affected their music where you never get a pepper. Yeah. And, you don't and, know. And maybe George Martin disappears. He finds another band to play with. You know, yeah. To, you know, he says, oh, you guys went to America? Okay, take care. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm an independent now. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. Wow. Jeff Emmerich, you know, also it was some of his mic styles really but helped it's, Revolver. It's interesting, though. Could they have recorded here in 64? Why, why not? Yeah, so I don't really? think they could have. I mean, I don't think well, they couldn't have. I think they could right. have. Time-wise, yeah. let's Well, I'm say, saying just time-wise, time, right, right. Hard Day's right Night. That. Hard That's days. what I meant. Oh, right. They're good. in the middle of filming. I mean, Yeah, good point. They couldn't have. I see what you mean. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I didn't mean yeah. couldn't have. No, I meant no, no. they just there had no, no time. Right. Moving along, the Beatles and keep doing- one more thing. Colombo? No, well, no. No, that's Think about, you just brought up A Hard Day's Night. Why did they film in the Bahamas in 65 for help? I don't know. Tax purposes. Tax purposes, yeah. Oh, yeah, so right. So maybe there might have been a tax thing if they right. if they couldn't do that here. You know, yeah, that's true. Have, you know, something, or maybe it would have worked yeah. better. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Definitely a good point. There's no reason to go to the Bahamas no. otherwise. Yeah, well, there are a lot of reasons <laughs> well, to go to the Bahamas. But you yeah. know, but after <laughs> a movie. You saw that filming thing. Anyway. <laughs> uh, moving on. So the Beatles keep doing what they're doing. They've made a couple of films. Okay, so by the time we've gotten to the mid-60s, we've okay, had, had a contract. Hard Day's Night and Help have happened. They have a contract for additional films here. A lot of different film ideas and film projects have been bandied around. I advise everybody, please go back and, and listen to the episode that we do with Robert Rodriguez for his book uh, 2.0, I think it was. One I guess. of his one books. One They're of the all books. good. They're all good. But we talk about some of these things, and, and one of them is the, <laughs> the Beatles in the movie a movie version of J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. What the hell? That was, that was a John <laughs> thing. John wanted to play Gollum. I mean that, and that would have been well, very interesting. Who played Gollum in the movie? Was that Ian McKellen? No, I no, it's CGI. Uh, <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andy. Uh, I forgot. I the never saw a Lord name. of the Rings. <laughs> All right, well, but Paul would have okay. played Frodo. Ringo would have played yes. uh, uh, Sam. Sam, right? And George would have played Gandalf. Yeah. Now Stanley Kubrick was going to direct. 
That's like, just that whole thing. You just uh, you I picture two thousand and one with the Beatles. Yeah, you know? that, that John's sentence, voice has Hal. You know, that is just an acid-worthy <laughs> sentence. Like just you know. Well, uh, well, they approached J.R. Tolkien about it, and I have a great quote from Tolkien. If you don't mind me getting this in there from Tolkien, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, what do you got? Well, in nineteen sixty-four, Tolkien owned a home in Oxford, England. Okay. And he wrote a letter complaining about a group of young musicians who were aiming to uh, make themselves into a Beatles-type group. And he wrote, quote, the noise is indescribable. That's and, and, funny. But his wife was also convalescing. She was very sick at the time. Oh, okay. And he hated every... Uh, so he said, no, Beatles. <laughs> that's very, that's very So that's funny. why it really wasn't... He, he just said... He knew of the Beatles, obviously, by saying want to turn themselves into a Beatle group. And by the time the Beatles approached him, he went, "No, no, I'm good. I've heard you." <laughs> How bizarre! It's not like it would have been. It would not like it would have it been Lord have been of the, the Rings. The going, musical. No, 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 no. Now no. that's the question too. Do okay, they, John, great songs? idea. But what do they do? Are they writing songs? Are they writing incidental music? Or does or it just writing... become a straight serious movie? Because Lord of the Rings is not a comedy. No, no. Oh, and by no. the way, it was Andy Serkis who played Gollum in the film, but. It's CGI. He's wearing oh, the really? body suits. Okay. It's done CGI. I, anyway. I honestly think it wouldn't have been a typical Beatles movie. Was it 66 or 67? Did they say? I'm not sure. Because I can see some of the stuff from Revolver being used in a Yeah, like a Rings. Tomorrow Never Well, Rose, yeah, but, but would they... I mean, they had never done that fit. before. And, and I don't think Lord of the Rings would have been... I think sci-fi fans who now love it... Right. Well, first of all, I don't think it would have been made again. That's the weird part about the idea of attaching Kubrick to it, because if Kubrick gets attached to it, it suddenly it's takes on... It's not becoming a Beatle film. It, no, it no. suddenly takes on this air of intense heaviness. Yeah, it's not It's uh, not a hard Kubrick day's night of help. Kubrick really in 1967. You know, he was... It wasn't until 2001 where he became cool. well Doctor Strange Love. Doctor, well, yeah, that's true, but Doctor Strange Love was was, was a pair, was, yeah, was Four, 64. Yeah, So you do have the idea that maybe the Beatles were looking at that and going, "Oh yeah, Kubrick," because they loved Peter Sellers. Right, but I right. just don't think it would have so, been a movie that you know, would lend itself to Beatle music. Well, Lord of the Rings. I mean, the, come the on. The Beatles want to act, or they want to do. What I they think did it would have been more of acting. Yeah, and because John went on right after that to do How I, I Won the War. War. Right, and that wasn't you right. know, John Lennon's a hero as Dan. Right, <laughs> it was. But it no was, music. It was a serious movie. But it was a well, smaller comedy, part. You know, it was a satire. You know. Yes, but you know, the Beatles as the leads in Lord of the Rings, I cannot see. You know. Uh, Sam or Gandalf all of a sudden either. breaking into no, song. No, it's I just not do. happening. In the you know in the forest, they're going to have all their instruments. Oh look, Gandalf! Hey, yeah, yeah. No, not happening. No, it, Why? It, look look what noise I made with this guitar. <laughs> it, it would have been interesting to see how music would have been used, woven into the into film. the film. Yeah, but it would have. I, I really strange. think it would have been a chance for the Beatles to. Yeah. And it might not have worked. They might have started pre-production and went. Nah, not happening. I seriously have that feeling. I yeah, think John might have been able to pull off a Gollum because Gollum is all exaggeration. Paul as Frodo would have really been. I just... think all of them as the others would have been interesting. Sam uh, Ringo think... as Sam would have been interesting. Paul as Frodo just would have. George as Gandalf. Oh, come on. I don't yeah, know. No, no. Gandalf, whatever but you want to say. Is very bizarre. It's it's a weird thought process. Yeah. They, very weird. Yeah. You know, one of the pop culture sci-fi books, one of the top ones. Yeah. With the top band at the time in a movie together. Yeah, it would have been odd. Would it have been odd? Would it have worked? And then what would happen to the whole dynasty, so to speak, of Lord of the Rings after? Does it ever become what it is now? 
or would or that because, have just or been did the, the Beatles or, kill it? Or yeah. and I don't mean kill it. I no, mean, yeah, yeah, or yeah. They, were they really good then? But then it doesn't go on to become what it has. Or what does the Beatle version turn out to be like? The '66 version of Batman, where all the Campiness. Batman fans. Hate it because oh, it's all campy. Even my favorite Batman. Mine too, yeah. But you know, it's not serious. Batman's serious. You know, maybe the Beatles. Maybe they add comedy to it. Maybe they. Maybe it becomes it, Lord of the Rings or how I, you know, use the I bomb think a lot to kill of it the movie. Right. Depended on what Kubrick would have wanted to do. Yeah. If Kubrick wanted if, to if make it into a Strange Love with quirky asides and maybe breaking the fourth wall right. or, you know, who knows? And that would have been interesting things. the way they did that. But it would have been all about what Kubrick's take on it. And Kubrick probably saw the Beatles acting chops, and I put yeah. that in air quotes. Right. And maybe Kubrick was like, you know what, no matter what I would want to do with this film, if I have the rights to it, courtesy of the Beatles, I don't, I don't want them in it. They really don't have the chops. It's, it's, so, it's interesting anyway. how that could have been the third one. Yeah. But, you know. yeah. So we are going to take a quick break right now, come back and look at some other abandoned Beatle projects on this but episode. we won't abandon you. No, we won't. We'll never abandon you. Well, I we wouldn't say never. You. <laughs> no, I would. Well, I've there's that, there's that one per- mm-hmm. You. You. Right there. You. Yeah, we'd abandon uh, you. I'm abandoning Sorry. you. Anyway. No, I'm kidding. We love all of you. You. <laughs> you. We don't love all of you. <laughs> we hate that song. We like a bit more of you. Oh. Anyway. Uh. Hi, folks. This is Tony from Fab Four Free For All. As Mitch has mentioned several times, the cast of Fab Four Free For All do not profit in any way doing these shows for all of you. In fact, we actually lose money because of studio time and other production expenses. Now, we have looked into show sponsors, but for a number of reasons, we've decided it would be in the best interest of all of us, including you, our listeners, not to have sponsored ads in our shows. So, what we've done is set up a Patreon account. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows artists to obtain funding from patrons on a recurring basis. Now, it can be as little or as much as you think you can send to us, for the work that we put into providing quality Fab Four free-for-all shows. Now, we know that we have thousands of worldwide listeners, and if each of you just contributed a dollar a month, that's just 25 cents per episode, we would have enough to retire and not have to do these shows. (laughs) Sorry. Seriously, though, we've gotten some great feedback from everyone about how much these shows mean to you, and we feel the same way. But it would be nice if we could break even in terms of costs so that we can continue to bring these shows to you in a timely fashion. Yeah, I know, we can be delayed every once in a while, but that's because, as John Lennon so beautifully said, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. But we do vow to make every effort to have a quality show to you every week. We only ask that everyone go and visit Patreon.com to at least check out what it's all about and to see if you can contribute a little something in return for all the hard work and effort that we put into these shows for you. Just do a search for Fab Four Free For All, and tell us that you give a buck about what we do. Thanks to all of you for being such great loyal listeners. And we're back here on Fab Four Free For All, talking about uh, the Beatles' abandoned projects. See, I told you we'd come back. Uh, and uh, um, I wish we didn't. And we're, we're going to go on to kind of jump ahead now to 1969, Paul McCartney. Trying to get the boys on board. Motivated. Motivated. Just after just after the freaking release of the White Album. Right. Just after 
John has joined the Dirty Mac and done uh, the Great Rock and Roll Circus also. And the first time that a Beatle has done a live concert without the other guys. And Paul's probably thinking, well, we stopped touring and now he went off and did some live appearance with this, hmm, you know, maybe we should uh, get back get back to playing also again. Also, the White Album, let's be honest, Paul did a lot of solo stuff. Come on now. Right. If we Paul asked Ken Scott all that bullshit, it wasn't as solo as, and I'm, I'm going to believe Ken Scott. I he always, that's too. the first thing he says. Is, I believe him, but it's not yeah. as solo but, as everybody but thinks. Paul is on alone on many tracks. Yeah, it's, it is Naturally. true. Paul, yeah, they right. might have known nice. about it, but they knew he's playing alone, and I, I've always thought that might have affected people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that the other three were. I, I'd say that all of them were probably going yeah. into that. Now, John did Julia alone, but George, but Paul was in the the studio when that happened. Right, so. but but where I'm going is that no matter what, you're at the stage now where you're just over a year before the breakup, the real final breakup. Right, it, it, the seeds are being planted. Well, they've already been planted. Right. I mean, you know, George already said after the tour ended in 66, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm not a Beatle anymore. They hung in. They did some projects. The, the, I, you know, the more I hear already, that, though, the, the more I think George was talking more, like, metaphorically. He, wasn't, he was, but the writing was on the wall, not like you're not I think, a Beatle anymore. But the writing is on the wall that without that, uh, you know, an album tour, an album tour, an album tour, a TV appearance, a well, film, a this, a that. He's without not that four version of the year. Beatle anymore. Right. And, yeah, and four singles a year. Four that, singles that a year. Yada, yada, He's yada, not yada. that version of the Beatles right. anymore. But what that meant but was, you know, you still had the Beatles even after the breakup, still saying things like, "Well, you know, well, we may go back to the Beatles thing and revisit it." And da da da. And and the, you know, the thought that the Beatle breakup was a final kaboom, the door closed because Paul wrote that questionnaire in April of 1970, is also bullish. Really, I mean, for the most part. Each one of them into 71, we're talking about different instances of, well, you know. I was trying yeah, to up each other may, to, but to, I, to yeah, break up the Beatles. I also think they had to break it up completely to, it's like when you yeah. break your ankle, you have to, if it doesn't break all the way, they'll yeah, break it. Yeah, have to break it again and yeah, reset it. And reset it. I yeah. think that's what they had to do, and that's why they had to split everything up and then go back together. And, Which they didn't and then they, do, by the way. For yeah, I know. But, but that you know what I mean. Story. Yeah. In 75, until John walked away, really walked away when Sean was born. Oh, know, there was a good yeah yeah, yeah. there's there was chances that oh, they yeah. could have yeah. gotten back together yeah well you know? now here we are in 19... and they would have been on their own label and they wouldn't have been part of capital and they would have right they had to, made a lot of money they had to uh, let that they had to let that contract end so, wow. until seventy five so now where we're going is January nineteen sixty nine the winter of their discontent this is something that starts out as an album project tour live thing called get back now we've talked about this. Ad nauseum on other shows in different ways. Ad nauseum? Yeah, ad nauseum. Yeah, I, ad, but not it was odd. odd. It I, didn't, was I didn't mean odd, no, I meant ad nauseum. No, but nauseum. that was apropos. Yeah, it was or apple, apropos. apple pie, right? Apropos. But um, we've, t- you know, we've talked about this a lot, and the reality is it was an abandoned project yeah. from the way it was originally set out. Well, the, the original project was they were going to film them rehearsing for this tour, tour yeah. they were going to do. And then somehow they started doing new songs instead of, like, I never understood why, if they're supposed to be rehearsing for a concert, they're not doing their older songs. Why would they be doing new songs in a new concert? Because they, were gonna, they said they were going to introduce new songs. It was going to be the Beatles making an album and get re- getting ready for, for a tour. A, and for, but the tour itself was supposed to be 
older songs, right? So why would we you, don't know that? We don't know what you know. It sort of turned into this other project, which I'm not sure they even thought about when they agreed to go well, meet each I, other in January. I think the big problem that they had was the idea that at this point, this is after the whole San Francisco thing happening. They've seen how other bands work. They've seen how groups in other countries work. They've seen how. The band goes, they put together an album, they work the songs, you know, live. Sometimes they're out playing the songs live before the album even hits. Right. They're workshopping the songs live in front of an audience. No, but see, that's the problem. They called the project Get Back. Right. With Paul saying this, you know, idea of, well, we have to get back to our roots, guys, to the way we, what, used to do things? You never did things that way. Never. No. So... To me, the project was flawed from the minute they walked in the room. It was were, just his attempt to keep the group together. It was, it was. It yeah. was. He, he, but you know, his whole thing of "Come on, guys, we've got to like." Even just the name was wrong. We've got to get back. Get back to what? You never did this in your lives. Well, they did and get to sudden, more. You know, earlier recording. They weren't recording like you know overnights until 6 in the morning or 5 in the morning right. going home and then coming back at 4 in the afternoon. Right, right. So that was part of it. That, part of that had to do with the fact that they had a film crew there. Yeah. And that's yeah. how they did it. Right. So now, you, again, you're like, oh, we got to get back. Get back to what? Get back to getting up at 8 a.m. to get in the studio. Right. We never did that. And we don't want getting to Getting to workshopping songs in the studio, like these kind of, you know, no, you come in with demos and we, and we go, oh, that demo's good. Oh, that, I mean, you know, the White Album was the strongest set of demos they'd ever done. And the most well, amount of and demos. And the most well, amount of demos the only time they ever, they ever did it like they, that. They ever did it like that. They but, went but, to George's and hung out. But to, to turn around and say, well, no, let's get rid of that and go back to doing things the old way. What, what an album an hour? Were, you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the songs were too mature at that point to go back to, oh, let's just make them happen and come together in the studio. But to be fair, I think, again, it was his attempt to just keep the group together. But he also, I really think that he was trying to get back to the quickness because I think by then they were all tired of just 162 takes of not guilty. So yeah, of course, ma- maybe that's what he was saying. Yeah, not, not you know, because everybody didn't want to stay in the studio for 12,000 hours. Maybe they, he meant just go back and do you know an album in two days. But isn't it the irony, too, that Paul is the one who's saying all that, and then it's one of the reasons why that concept of going in the studio to finish a song may have worked in 64 and 65 was because Ringo did something and if Paul didn't love it amazingly Paul went over and said you know what Richie can you try this maybe this will work and then bang that's how they do it and it works and uh George you know what that solo was fine you know let's let it go now it's everyone's got an ego Everyone's, Except me and my monkey. Right. Everyone's got an ego. Everyone's feelings are hurt. <laughs> if, if you go over and you say, Ringo, can you play this? Well, f*** you. What are you telling me? I'm the drummer in the friggin' band. Watch your you language, damn it. No, but I'm just saying. You're not even the best drummer in the Beatles. Right. No, but, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you've got ego going on. So here's Paul saying, let's get back to doing things normal. But, and but, he's doing 100 takes of Maxwell Silver Hammer. Right. But also, Paul is also doing something he hadn't done in a while. He's playing live bass with the band. A lot right. of the stuff was overdubbed at uh, starting with, sure. with sure. Revolver. Yeah. So he's going back to playing live with the band. 
Yeah. Which is very interesting because he would go and overdub later. And also because of that, they had, you know, there were all these piano based songs and they bring in Billy Preston was pure genius on George's part because it also sharpened the band up not to be snappy definitely. with snapping at well, each yeah, other. Well, yeah, definitely. That was a purposeful thing. Yeah. And, and but it also, he, you know, he fit in perfectly with. Uh, the band, and also he got signed to Apple. So there's a lot of things going on with the fact that Billy Preston, but the, and also the only person ever credited on a, a Beatles record. Hey, if you can't go to Stax Records, bring Stax to you a little bit. But, the, little bit but the project but, never worked. But the project just never worked. Well, they they didn't know what they what they were doing. They you know they gave the tapes to Glenn Johns. Glenn goes away. He goes to Olympic. He doesn't stay at EMI. He, he right. goes to Olympic. Right. That's, that's his home studio basically, and he makes a record that. We've all heard on the bootleg, and it actually got played on radio stations in yeah. 1969. Right. Uh, FM underground stations, as it was known as. And if that actually came out the way it was, it would be even worse, I think, for I, the Beatles. I agree. As much as Spectre really... You know, save the last dance for me. Yeah, was, there's a lot of sloppiness. It's not typical of <laughs> and the it, And it's not funny. It's not funny or really fun. I mean, I think I think the idea was going to be, oh, you know, people will hear us behind the scenes and it'll be fun hearing no. the Beatles. And this, Nobody cared about that. Th- and there is some fun. I mean, but also the fun is, is often very un-PC, even for them. Or would have been taken wrong, or well, would have been all this. Well, but still, you know, every, that comes up every few years. Yeah, the no Pakistanis yeah. thing and whatnot. But it, you know, was not meant racist. It was the exact opposite. Right. You know, the Enoch Powell stuff. But it's very funny, and it, and it. So there is a lot of fun during that period. But the what was going to come out that was abandoned wasn't fun. No, no I think it was so right to be abandoned. Yeah, as much as Glenn Johns hates what Spectre did more maybe than anyone except for Paul um, and George Martin. It wouldn't. Everyone says, "Oh, it would have been like acoustic album, like you know, the Big Pink." No, it wouldn't no, have been like it the wouldn't Big have been. Pink. Yeah, or Dylan, you know, New Morning or right. something. And Paul he, got the last laugh, though. The project did come out as "Let It Be Naked." Gosh. Anyway, yeah. so to speak. But but again, so to too, we have to add in the idea that what was also abandoned, very importantly, was the concert tour. The tour right. never happened. Never. The lot. The public. I would have loved a tour. Real. Public live performance never happened. Even the one-off, it well, was going to be, but it wasn't public. Yeah, there was. Yeah, right. it wasn't people, public. People up looking up in the point, sky and go, hmm, "What the hell's up?" Yeah, that? up to that point, every <laughs> every performance that was discussed was actually going to have an audience. Right. Whether yeah. it was on the ship, whether it was at the Giza temples or whatever they were going to the Giza, Swiss Alps, yeah. the Swiss Alps, wherever that they was were going to go. Seventy six with Bill Sargent. You know, no, but you know, anywhere they it were going to go, happen. it didn't happen. So yeah. imagine so, okay. them on a barge going down the so Thames. I, I, I wouldn't as much as. You know, when Let It Be Naked came out, I remember saying, well, well, maybe we'll sound like the Get Back album. And no. Actually, I would Let It Be Naked disappointed me with Get Back of, of everything. Oof. I liked everything else on it, but I didn't like what, how they took off that ending of Get no, Back. No, that was ridiculous. And they said, well, it wasn't there on the original tape. Well, yeah, I mean, mine also was 134. <laughs> right, and you made it to and, and, and that was a, probably a George Harrison thing. He probably said, I don't want that changed. And, you know, there's a couple of little, other little things in there that... They took the two versions that don't let me down and made right. it into one, which is you know n- not something that the Beatles hadn't done before. No, but and actually you end up with a really nice version on Let It Be Naked. Oh, I, I do like the three part harmony. Yeah. yeah, and of course, uh, you know the other thing is I've got a feeling has um, it was edited from two different versions. So to not have that extra verse from 
get back taken off. It just stops. The song's like, did I miss something? Did, did yeah, right. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, right. so. That was a Paul project that he wanted for Vanity Sake. Well, also, you know what? It didn't also work. the movie was supposed to be put out at the same time, and then all of a sudden they stepped on that, and that's almost an abandoned project. Oh, definitely. They don't talk about putting that out anymore. If you ask Ringo that, he's like, oh, well, maybe, who knows? And Paul, well, who knows? I don't know. Does the Let It Be movie? Well, and also tying in with the Let It Be movie yeah. was another abandoned project, which now, as of this recording, 2015, has surfaced in the underground for the yes. very, very first time, which was the Long and Winding Road film. Right. Which, which Neil Aspinall had been trying to pull together since... Was it in 69? No, not 69. 71 or 71 or 2, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 72. So, I, I, yeah. The guy who said it to me said, hey, maybe you should start collecting all the films and television shows we were on. Right. Because they didn't have their own archive, you know? Right, right, right. You know, I wish they had said, hey, find those BBC tapes, too. Yeah. But, you know, it came out, as, as you said, in the underground very recently, and uh, I'm kind of glad it didn't ever surface, because we don't know what it would have been, but right. in its I mean, infancy yeah. stages... It wasn't any interviews with the Beatles, which obviously right. later became the anthology. You got the three of them at least. Right. And quotes from John. John's represented too. Absolutely. He's represented, yeah. but I wish he was there. You oh, know, of course. We all do. But you know, at least they had interviews and stuff that saved. Yeah, but the way it's presented now, uh, there were a couple of things in, in that would have been in the movie or in the documentary. Like there's a lot of Let It Be outtakes, first time ever seen. You win again and some cool stuff. Sure. But... The quality's not there. Now, who knows, back in 72, would they be able to digitize it like they did now? Or in 95, whatever, 94? Who knows? They would have found the best possible prints. Well, I mean, maybe. He had Chris O'Dell. We, we talked with Chris O'Dell, one of our very, very, very early shows, uh, way back in our last incarnation. What a good one. Uh, and two-parter at that time, I think. And yep. Chris O'Dell talks about having been sort of sicked on that project. That was one of the things she was working on. And I'm sure a lot of what you're seeing is, in, in this version that's floating around early, the underground, yeah. is also just whatever print was laying around. They would have gone back to the negatives on everything and would have had it well, reaped. If they knew they were going to use it for a real finished project. The, the question is, probably would have, you know, did maybe. they even know where the Let It Be stuff was? Right. You know, look. Well, think of the think of the Nagra reels they found a few years ago in uh, some place in in, in Europe. <clears throat> you know, they they found the five hundred whatever reels. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but think about that. Oh, remember, what? Where? They they found them in some guy's garage. No. Well, oh, that's sorry. what they said. <laughs> that's what they said. That's what I read in the paper. I don't know. But maybe it was other on the people fourth know. floor. Trying to get <laughs> to Holland from friends. <laughs> yes. Trying to get to Holland. So, you know, would have in 1972 <laughs> they even ha- know where this stuff is? Yes, they would have. It hadn't been sold yet. Okay, well, that's what seriously, the thing, they, they, it hadn't been sold yet. 72, 73. It I was 72. I don't think that those had been made off with yet. Okay. And this was only so, 90 minutes. The yeah, anthology yeah. ended up being 10,000 minutes, you know right. you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you look right. at the director's cut of the anthology, which has surfaced a long time ago. Yeah, I like that. I like it a lot. It actually gives a lot more detail and more, more interviews and more insight. They made the anthology, even the 10-hour version, they made it a, a little more, I'm not going to say politically correct, but uh, there are some interviews about Yoko, which they, are in they the... They shaved off the disagreements. Yes, that, absolutely. I think that's what the anthology And they made did. the anthology more fun, right. whereas, you know, right. if Paul says there were 10,000, and Ringo says there were 20, and, and George says there were 500,000, and laughs, right. that wasn't in the... I mean, it was in the director's cut, but it was a little more uh, not, not so acrimonious. The, the, yeah. the director's cut of that ends, what, 
it ends really let it be. I think they didn't finish it, yeah. and they didn't have a lot of footage for Abbey Road. So yeah, yeah, um, so that was part of it. I look at the Long and Winding Road. The thing that just came out, the documentary, yeah. sort of like the Sessions album, meaning that if it came out at that time, it wouldn't have had the impact that the no, anthology had. I agree. And yeah, absolutely. It, and and I think they, you know, the Sessions album. We, we did a show on the Sessions album. To me, we were all excited in 84 and 85 when it was almost going to come out. Sure. And, and you look back and you say, thank God it didn't. Cause yeah. It probably wouldn't have sold as much. No, and it might have. And maybe maybe would have blocked other things coming out down the road. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and if it hadn't sold, maybe it would have been prohibitive of them going ahead and saying, wow, we should really do this much on a broader scale. Yeah, and, and also you so, had George Martin re-editing different takes yep. to make a newer version, which I, I appreciate. Right. Uh, some people don't, but I do. But you look at that, it, it's interesting how both of those, one's uh, video, one is uh, music, were looked forward to. And didn't come out, and it was actually better that they didn't. So, and you've touched upon the Sessions project, so that's mm-hmm. another abandoned project. Yeah. We probably, I, as I'm seeing now, we are definitely there's going to be another we did a episode. Show on, on we did, sessions. yeah. We did but there'll be another episode where we're going to talk about the '80s projects. Before we wrap up the show, let's take a look at something that would have gone on into the solo years. It both centers around 1972. Both John and Paul. With John, it was a concert that didn't happen. We can touch on this quickly because it's not a lot really behind it. But uh, John Lennon's in New York. He's he's now relocated and he's left the UK and settled in New York, which he loves so much. And he writes a song about it. You know, sometime in New York City, he gets in with a bunch of yippies. And the big thing is John. And the Yippies are going to put together this huge concert in 1972, maybe a tour, and they are going to sway the vote because voting has now been legalized for the 18 to 21 age group, which had not had voting rights before. And damn it, we're going to vote Nixon out of office. And there's going to be this big concert, whether or not this was really even going to happen or not, to disrupt the Republican National Convention. In San Diego. In San Diego. And they had talked about how far it got depends on who you listen to. Right. John Wiener is kind of on the fence about really committing to how far this thing really got from John's actual standpoint. You wonder if, like, a lot of John's comments and a lot of John's seems a little more lip service. I, I don't know. I think if you look at his comments in 80, when he talks about it, he... He sort of pulls back a little bit, you know. He he, oh, he, he knocks Jerry Rubin a lot definitely. more. Fo- phony radical, well, yeah. yeah. And, but in '72, I think he think about it, they'd uh, done the Ten for Two concert. Uh, yes, John Sinclair, and that which worked, was radical, and that worked. Yeah, man. Oh, what know, what Rob's that, talking about is they did the concert in in, in Detroit, uh, Ann Arbor, in Michigan, Arbor. to uh, you know basically protest. John Sinclair having been arrested, given 10 years for two joints, right. which prompted, of course, the song, the writing of the song John Sinclair. They did the performance, yep. and a lot of other things had been put into motion. But and that, that was sort of the kickoff point. And, and they Sinclair said, was freed. Right. That's two where days it later. came down to two days later. Two days later. So yeah. you, you get, hey, look what we did here. Maybe we can do more. Maybe we can hey, bring down the presidency. That's the next step right. you know, along Not the way. So John was afraid, too, though. Oh, John God, yeah. was, but he at the same time, he, I don't know how much he knew about him. He sort of thought he was being trailed, but obviously 
there was a lot of trailing. Yes. Some mistakes, too. They were still trying to get rid of them at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Every, well, they just started the full-blown effort they, to get they rid was, of them. They would, yeah, that's, what, that's really what triggered it, for the most part. And then was, he sort of stepped away because he wanted to stay. Yeah. Correct. I mean, if you think about it, had John gone ahead and done any of that? They would have stepped it up. Here's the real sick part. Had that abandoned project happen, John might still be alive today. Because truth be told, had he gone ahead with that project... They would have deported him. They would have deported him. Immediately. He would have been gone. And I they... I, I, I don't know. Yes. I, I, oh, yeah. I they think, would have gotten think, rid of him I, like that. I, I hate to say it, or maybe they, they would have well, taken they, him out earlier. Well, they, they would have... Who knows? They would have had I mean, to have actually physically arrest him. They would have. I don't think they would have because he's not doing anything. He's organizing a concert. Well, he, but they they would have found something on him. They would have planted something on well, him. Well, that's, that's something else. They would, mean, have, they would have got him out one on, thing, on one grass thing his, or on his, something. His, his lawyer, the Leon Wilds. Right, right. Leon Wilds was a great lawyer. who he was kept amazing. Him, who kept John in the country because oh, he, he kept, kept filing. He kept filing. Yeah. But there were other reasons, too. There's, there were other reasons about you know why he was... You know, wanted to stay, and and Leon was very smart to, He's um, a great person, to great guy, do what he did with John, and he got him to stay. You know, he yeah. he helped create new laws too. Yes, you know, which I'm sure John was but proud you, of. You have to imagine that someone, it was a strong moment of intelligence, clarity, or whatever. That said, this idea of doing a concert like this is not a good idea. Yeah, I'm sure at one point it came to him and said, well, maybe I shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I think that was part of it. And it was interesting because if you think about it, what other person of his stature would put his career and life on the line to do this type of protest? That doesn't happen anymore. There's the Pete Seegers of the world and people in the folk world, but this is John Lennon, yeah. you know, one of the biggest yeah. stars in, ever. At, especially at that time, sure. you know, you didn't see the Stones doing this, or uh, well, you know, well, a no, little bit, but, but not the way John was right. involved, you and, saw, and you Yoko saw, too. Too, you, you know, some Mick marching actually, yeah. which you know, but, but that's a march. Yeah, that's not leading no. an, an event. But yeah. but you have to wonder too. I mean, you know, again, talk about talk about. I mean, this is the sick type of you know stuff. Do we look at it as here's one of the Beatles' abandoned projects? It's like, okay, the concert happens. What Nixon really doesn't get reelected? Oh, holy crap! Like you know, then, I mean, really, Watergate, and no, no, and not to be really, but and no, John grabbing the girl and bringing her into the room because Nixon got reelected, and no, maybe Yoko. Well, he would have grabbed know. her for another Woo. reason. Come no, on, no, but I'm just saying, talk about like chain of weird events. No, 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 that wouldn't happen. That's kind of if 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 Nixon hadn't won, we wouldn't have had Watergate. Watergate happened, but we wouldn't have, we probably wouldn't have investigated it because he would have lost. Right, and so right. That is kind of interesting, yeah. Bizarre. It's, and so, you know, maybe John and Yoko don't break up. Maybe right. there's a whole other thing going on. But then maybe they say, okay, what's next? You know, we're going to cure cancer, or <laughs> right? You know, we're going to do well, something. Well, maybe they. Uh, maybe I'm being sarcastic, but no, no, no. no. But, but it's you know, what would be next if they were able to get? Right. You know, would it be right. Pre- would it be President Rubin? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Well, wow. Vice that's President, a President Hoffman. Yeah, President Vice Hoffman. President uh, Abby. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's just, I mean, to me, I it's, look at those two yeah. as being just a couple of knuckleheads, really. Um, but now you look at the last thing that we'll take on, which is uh, the, the story of, of a Paul McCartney acetate or abandoned live album. That was supposed to have happened from the very first, uh, well, not the first leg of, but the first era of Wings, Wings Phase 1, 
which was a concert that took place in uh, Newcastle, England, in 1973, was actually professionally recorded. For years and years and years, there was a crummy copy of it floating around that was all snap, crackle, and pop. A bootleg surfaced much more recently, and I think really the one that was the best one surfaced in the early 2000s. And this would have been a McCartney live album in 73 from and the it would first have been a mistake. Mach 1 of Wings. Would have been a mistake. It would have been a mistake to a degree, I gotta say. To 100% degree. You think so, really? Yes. Why? Yes, because. Why? At that point, Wings was not Wings, okay? They weren't. They weren't selling. We're talking about... No, they weren't selling, but uh, would it have uh, given him street cred? No. No. No? Because, no, because Wings didn't give him street cred, and if he would have had what's on the album, I mean, what's on the album that's recognizable? Two Beatle fans, don't say anything. Nothing. It Thank was an you. album. It would have been an album of new material. Maybe wasn't I'm long, amazed. Wasn't Long Tall Sally on it? If Maybe I'm Amazed had gotten on, that would have been the... And, and at that point, no, well, well, Live and Let Die was the new single, Yeah, but, but uh, it, maybe I'm amazed if it would have been on that live album, it doesn't become the hit it does no, in 77. No, that's, that, that's true. And also, if you put it out in, in 73, Wings Over America just captured... Yes. This great moment of Paul visiting the States. And, and that wasn't and a great moment. And, and Paul no. was still learning how to be a bass player in another band, even though he it was right. his band. Right. He had to play with other people. And I think... Right. I don't believe if, if that album would have come out, no, I don't think it would have given him street cred because the Beatle fans were looking for something and they didn't like Wings at that point. Well, yeah. At that point. Wings, the thing was Wildlife so, and then so was this before right after Red Rose's band? This is right around right, okay. yeah. so, Again, yeah. not selling. So it would have come out it would have done nothing in terms of sales yeah it would have nothing it would have been it would have right. died just like wildlife just right. like red rose why I mean, rec- and, and you have to wonder with some of the tracks that are on it or are on the acetate you have to wonder whether or not these would have been released in place of them being studio recordings on red rose speedway well that goes red rose speedway being a double album well, yeah yeah so but i mean you know woody if there put, was going to be uh, 1882 is see, supposed to be there sure live. 1882 the, would have been you and know the mess uh, the mess right. was but the mess was a b-side for right. high 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 right but the mess right. was supposed to be on red rose yeah but, but 1882 actually uh the version 18? yes 1882 the version that was going to be on red rose speedway was not recorded at newcastle oh, okay, it was recorded okay. in the hague but okay. that's but that's but, right that's Still, okay. you're right. But the I mean, only that thing that's good about that acetate now is that it could possibly be possibly be on the archive reissue. Uh, yeah. If, if it is, yeah. we don't know. But the version of Soily from that period um, is hot. Yes, it's really, hot. Really, really, really hot. No, you're right. Nobody knows it. Nobody. The version of Big Barn Bed, my feeling again, far superior to the studio version. Absolutely. But again, but, nothing familiar to anybody to go buy the album. They're not going to buy McCartney it, live and, and not know anything on it. Right, except Go Now. Well, yeah, but that's <laughs> from 65. No, but I'm just saying. But I, th- I think if you... Say if Paul said, "Well, here's a new album that we recorded it live, but it's new material, and treated it not as a live album, but as new material." Nah. Well, but maybe that might yeah, work better. Because what you're talking because about is- as, as long as you tell the audience in advance, instead of saying, "Well, this is a live album. This is you know, get your yayas out or whatever. You pick a uh, you know, live at Leeds right. type of thing." 
which were songs that were already out. But if Paul had said, hey, these are new songs, but we recorded them live on, on a concert. But I don't think those songs would have done anything Me anyway. neither. But I th- you, right. someone's going right. to look for a, a yesterday. Someone, it's inevitable. Yeah, that's true. And, and if you, you can't say to them, it's all live, so please forgive me. But that you're not gonna know and five and a half minutes of it is wildlife. Woo! But, what, be, but that's true. But let's right say on. you weren't going to sell it as a live album, but as a new album. Then it becomes different. Not not new, the album new. But some, no, the, I know. But then then becomes its new music that had just happened to be recorded live. Right, right. And yeah. my feeling is, truthfully, he did better with stuff like... The thing about this acetate is it's missing that what I think are some of the real weak stuff like Say Darling and, and you know which the Wings were doing on tour right. Best Friend and stuff like that is How long is the so, acetate? So. The acetate itself I'm not sure I think it's like f- supposed to be maybe 14 songs originally Tapes were sent. I, I, uh, I, I think yeah. it, I think it works better as an EP if he would if he would, exactly it was 1970 that, maybe they, they didn't really do EPs anymore but that would be something for an EP. You know, here's four songs that we did live, new songs, and boom, have fun with precisely. Them. And like I said, later for him to have taken some live tracks and those were going to be incorporated to, into to show that Speedway. Wings was a live band. And here's a band Bingo. that well, right now we're playing in England. And, and I have to think that some of that is why he would have done a live album. It was almost just in a, in a way to just go, Wings is a live band, damn it. Like, we're a damn good live band. But and, then why you know. did he abandon it until 76? Do you know why? Because in 76, he had two albums out that had done phenomenal. Bingo. And he did five Beatles songs. Yeah, good point. Sorry, too. he did five he Beatles did, songs. And that was too. so recognized. I'm not so sure if Wings All Over America would have done as well if he didn't have the Beatles oh, songs on the I think I think he would have done well. Would, would, yeah, I mean, no, no. let's go back to this. Would Wings Over America have sold even more copies if it had been like a, a single album with one side Wings and one side the Beatles stuff? Yes. No. <laughs> no. I, I, I do. Was, it's so funny I actually asked that question because I knew that's what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But that wasn't that was an fun. abandoned project. The, the Wings 72, no, I, I think, would have done nothing. That's, and I, I think it actually probably would have hurt him because he, he's going out there going, we're so good and we're doing so well live. And then he puts out the live and it does nothing for him. Yeah. You know what? I think maybe it would have killed me. It might have killed Wings. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Well, you know, it's possible. It might have been the end of Wings yeah. thinking, nobody cares. It's, I yeah. can still do it. I'm Paul McCartney. I can still do whatever the hell I want. And maybe it's, not. It's funny because mm-hmm. Ram now is sort of the quintessential Paul McCartney, even though right. it's Paul Linda. It's not Wings. But it, when it came out, it wasn't it was loved the way no. it's loved today. So are you saying if the Newcastle Live album had no. come out years later, we'd be like, I give it a 10. Yeah. Na- no, so. but, no, but right. you know but what? Think about it, then Wings Wildlife comes out, and then- Wildlife uh, was out already. Oh, wing, I'm sorry. Yeah, Wildlife was out already. But, yeah, because yeah. well, I'm talking right. about uh, be after Ram. Oh, right, I'm yeah. sorry. So that, right. that Wings Wildlife didn't do much, and then he put out singles in 72, and they were kind of weird, you know, off, off-beat stuff. Mary Had a Little Lamb, uh, Give It Island Back to the Irish, and what was the third High, one? High, High. High, High, which got banned. Right. So it was so Give It Island Back to the Irish. Yeah. So he's, he's sort of floating, not being Paul McCartney yet. He's sort of floating, and they, people are saying, well, Paul wasn't the guy who wrote all those songs into the Beatles. It was John. It was William Campbell. Yeah, so. You know what the funny thing is? I, I think, think that's part of it. You just made me think of something. Is that why he called it Band on the Run? What do you mean? Could he have meant B-A-N-N-E-D? I don't know. <laughs> Two of the singles in 72 were banned. <laughs> Could have been a little like very, jab very at everybody, yet, even though they were in Nigeria, so we are a bit on the run. But... Could have been. Paul likes That's to, very, likes very to, funny. Paul likes to get back at people like that. So Yeah, you never know if he did that. As, I mean, even though it's B-A-N-D. But 
Would it have still been cool if it was B-A-N-N-E-D on the run? <laughs> it would have been, been. But but with Paul though, he might have just outright just done that. Right. I mean, he might have just called the spade a spade. Band on said, the run. Band on the run. Yeah, that's kind of funny actually. But you know the the other abandoned project was, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but just Red Rose Speedway being a, a double album. Yes, and that will that yeah. would have hurt Paul too. Well, because, this really should be part one of a series because well, this yeah, is going to be many more. Yeah, but well, there are so many more. You know, yeah, you got to remember once Band on the Run happens, all of a sudden he's Paul McCartney. Again. Yes, but it's also not Wings anymore. It's Paul McCartney and Wings, and because nobody right. would have bought Wings right. band on the right. But that's Damn. you got to remember the record companies, especially Capitals, on his case. Even with Band on the Run, here put on Helen Wheels, we guaranteed right. an extra half a million copies. And what did Paul do? Thirty years later, or forty years puts later, he puts it on as a bonus track. But, right. but, as, but, but as an but, fu to Capitol Records, saying, "Well, oh, I don't need this to sell my record." But he puts out Wings live in Newcastle. Nobody buys it. No, it's not no, Paul McCartney I, not, and Wings. Not at that time. Correct. I agree. I agree. It's not we, Paul McCartney and Wings are, and Live Cast. We are waiting for it to come out somewhere in the archives. Well, that, but that's 50 years later. Well, that's well. we talking right. about we're going to get it in 50 years from right. now? Probably. <laughs> that's very funny. Well, we have looked at some of the... Some. Some. That's what I'm I got saying. like five more. Well, I know. There's a we've, bunch more. We are stopping. We're declaring our stop point. We're at 1972. We've looked at some of the projects that Beatles and solo Beatles started. And abandoned. This is definitely going to be part of an ongoing thing. A few of these will warrant whole shows. Correct. Certainly, one in particular, Cold Cuts. And we may write me as little. No, I mean I want. I'm it's hungry. True. I would like. To have, <laughs> I want cold cuts. I want some roast beef. Well, on that note, if I was a Guess Who fan, is gone. So and by the way, a Guess Who fan will know what that Paul means. And if you're a McCartney fan, you're going to say this is a meat-free show. <laughs> That's right. Damn it. Meat-free so, Mondays. Meat so, yeah. So, you want some soy. All. A meat-free for all. Right. Rob wants a, a, right, a meat-free free-for-all. End the freaking show. Oh, all right, then. Abandon this show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this show has been abandoned. This abandoned show love. is now officially <laughs> being abandoned. This has been the episode of Fab Four Free-for-All. I have been your moderator, Tony Chiguardo, and joining me as they always do and I'm grateful for it is Mr. Rob Leonard good night and Mr. Mitch Axelrod see ya see y'all soon Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York the opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation as well as from the Fab Four Free-For-All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free-For-All. I just don't understand. And Margaret. Do it again. Oh, fuck it. Then I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to do it straight. I don't give a fuck. No, do it again, but do it with that. Okay. Just do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to what should have been an abandoned project. And was not the Fab Four Free for All. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> abandoned. What should have been abandoned? Abandoned, abandoned love? What? Well, that's well, a... You're keeping right. that, right? And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free for All. We are a weekly all talk Beatles podcast. W E E K or W E A K? Yes, we're <laughs> weekly on the internet. <laughs> 
every week with this Beatles and Beatles related podcast. And uh, for this Hello, episode, I'm Paul McCartney's uncle. Very, very oh, that's nice. That's the relations. Very good. And I've already lost control, obviously, what? as moderator of this show. So good night, everyone. We'll One see you soon. One minute in, it's wow. already over. Our show to show. Good this is Lord. our version of the Nutopia National uh. International Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I like these guys about let's, 40 let's, seconds ago, but anyway. Let's be quiet Lord. and do the long version. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Your turn, Tony. Do we have to pay? No. <laughs> Copyright for that? Yeah, that's true. Oh, damn it. Copyright <laughs> for the Notopian It was only seven <laughs> seconds. We don't, eight seconds that we have to pay. Right. Go, Tony. Twice the length of the song. <laughs> You're going. We give it back to you. Damn it. I like this better, though. <laughs> and welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All. I'm Tony Chiguardo, and this is a weekly all-talk Beatles and Beatles-related program that comes to you on the internet or but on But as internet. from today, you'll hear it from... As from today, well, as from today. you'll hear from some show that's snoo. What's a snoo? Anyway. <laughs> uh, then and, we were snoo. And, and I'm your moderator for this episode, Tony Chiguardo, and joining me as they do every week, thankfully, otherwise I'd be sitting here by myself, my good friends, Mr. Mitch Axelrod. How you doing? And Mr. Rob Leonard. That's me. And... Um, that was me. This week... We're going to look at sort of a, a, a topic in a general uh, a general way. We're going to look at it, I guess, but a concept. A, a general topic, but in, in a, a major way. way. Yeah. You, oh, wow. We're yeah. not going to talk about our privates. You, you had too much coffee. You had too any. much coffee did, today. Um, <laughs> he, 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 the last show he did, he wasn't this bouncy. No, no but just, he had I a bouncy C for a little bit, it, but that was it. That was this it. is corporal punishment. <laughs> wow. I've just said oh, private, corporal, man. major, and... Mid Ursa Minor. Wow. <laughs> I'm a big dipper. All right. Well, Ensign Axelrod, we're <laughs> going to. Uh, Reporting for duty, sir. Wow. <laughs> we. Sorry. <laughs> We've lost him. If you've lost him, I'll kill you. <laughs> If you've Can lost I start him, this again? If you've lost him, I'm trying I'll to cripple you. It's I'll bad enough you. that this is an unfocused topic. <laughs> well, this is an unfocused opening. Oh, my God. Come it on, that was... fits the show. Like, come was... on. No, just, I, yeah, I, I do it again. Wow. It, obviously, that's a tag, but I didn't mean it to be. Yeah, no, it was very funny. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. That's like the old joke where I have... I have um, <laughs> I have toy soldiers. I don't have any corporals and I don't have any majors, so I pray, play with my privates all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so horrible. <laughs> That's funny. So a guy's. guy's oh, here we go. So a guy's sitting in his house, just minding his own business, and there's a knock at the door. Who's there? Guy goes open, he opens the door, there's a snail there. <laughs> so he just walks over, he just picks up the snail, and he throws it as far as he can. <laughs> Three months later, there's another knock at the door. He opens the door. The snail goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> Three months later. <laughs> Three months later. Get it? Oh! <laughs> okay. Here's one from Paul Lynn. What do cows do before earthquakes? What do cows? I don't know. They take orders for milkshakes. <laughs> Hollywood Squares. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You're tell bad jokes. I might as well include that one. Oh, that was really good. That was utterly ridiculous. <laughs> and that's probably what Peter Marshall said, actually. Yeah, probably. 
Can we oh God, get the show on the road? That's funny. That shit. Anyway, all Keep right. going. Okay, go, go. Oh, wow. <laughs> Three months later. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? Oh, God. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yes. La- they it's told not that, that funny. last night from the stage, and it took me like, when he was laughing, I'm like, <laughs> oh, we well, got it now. Now we get it. Now I'm sitting there. And now he's sitting there. Oh, snitch. That was that. Uh, can right. we start yeah. again? Okay, start right. again. Hi, right. I'm Tony Chikora. Uh, you're Tony Chikora. Yes, yes. Whoever you are. Oh, Stop yawning. <laughs> yawning. Yes, Brain? I am yawning. <laughs>